I'm incredibly excited to have you here today. We're going to be talking with Anne from Root Branding. She founded her marketing business, and we're really excited to dive into her story and her experiences. Anne, go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you you. Yes, yeah, so I've been in restaurants and bars kind of my whole life. Uh, I started really early on, and I've done every position that you could imagine in it. Um, and I got to a point where what I really loved doing was training my teams, getting new, starting new restaurants, starting new things and getting that team up and ready. Um, so my consulting firm that we did was rebranding and I started helping new restaurants launch and kind of putting the systems in place for that. So I kind of called it internal marketing, which is basically like, how do you brand your team? so that they're fully on board. So everyone puts a message out to the world, but what message do you tell your team so that they're in love with the job that they do and they're committed to actually your company? So sort of creating that culture. Um, and so I was doing that for a while. Um, right now I currently work for MSC Cruises um, and love it. I love my job. I'm in charge of their global training and development right now. Um, so kind of transition from, it's always been hospitality, but from restaurants into more of the training side. And um, now I'm doing a lot of coaching as well, which I love. That's incredibly exciting. Coaching is something that I think is very rewarding for anyone who has the ability to do that. Let's talk a little bit about the transition or the journey. I think when we met, you were focused specifically on restaurants and their branding and their culture development. And then moving into this more of a, a role with a larger organization, what kind of experiences did you go through while you made those changes? And how did you stay true to what you believe in that hospitality and the focus on local culture? Yeah, so I went from being my own boss to having a bunch of different bosses and working for a global company. Um, so we are very Italian at MSC um, and I mean, my boss is Italian. His boss is Austrian, um, sorry, not Austrian. He's uh, Dutch. Then I have another boss who's Austrian. I have a French boss, like they're all over the place, right? And they come with different perspectives and how they approach training and right? how they approach leadership as well. So I was really fortunate, my boss, uh, my direct boss, the Italian, uh, his name's Giovanni, he kind of just let me go and let me run. And I would come to him with 17 ideas and he would just say, okay, pick seven and then you can do whatever you want with them. Um, so I was really fortunate to be in that place and to work for him because he really just let me launch and grow. Um, but I had a lot of pushback because I came in on fire and I still come in on fire and when you come in on fire, people think you're going to set them on fire rather than like keep you warm. <laughs> that makes any sense. It does. I, I think it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs face when they go from uh, running their own business where you have to be the fire that generates the energy around what you're doing and to something where uh, really there is a process that's been in place that you they expect the execution of. Uh, talk a little bit about how you've maintained uh, that heat, right, that fire, uh, and not burned out the people around you. So I would keep working on stuff without telling people. <laughs> like, 
I would just do the work. So I work really fast so I can do what you want me to do. And that would take me a day of my job. So I would just have stuff like laying in wait and I would just keep working on it and I would keep reading or I'd spend days reading and like, I would just have it. So they're like, hey, Anne, can you like think about something that's like, like when COVID hit, can you think about like a change management program that we can do? And I turned it out in like two days. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Because I have all the research and I have like half a presentation of it already like formatted in my brain. So I just stopped telling people what I was doing and just kept doing the homework. <laughs> Does that come from your experience as a founder? Where did you get that skill set to be able to deliver in that way? Um, probably my dad. Um, so my dad ran his own business. He he ran a food business. So he would make specialty items food for different companies. Um, but he would go into presentations and they'd be like, hey, we want you to present on cinnamon rolls. And he's like, cool. Here's three cinnamon rolls options. Here's also every other breakfast food on the planet that you may need. <laughs> so he just had, he's like, so he would go into a presentation ready to sell one thing and end up selling them five products. So just be prepared on the back end for all the random. Wonderful. Do you feel that your dad has influenced you most or is there another person in your life that has impacted you? For my work, probably my dad. I mean, I'm, I'm very similar in personality to my dad. He's a little more direct where I've, I'm a little more soft, um, but how we work, like we did the strength finders test, um, which I don't know if you've done, um, but my top three were activator, um, futuristic and realtor or relator. And those were his top three. Those were in his top four. So he had two others that were different. So we're like very core the same. Um, we're just the same human. So it made sense to follow his direction. Absolutely. I, I think uh, a lot of times the apple doesn't too, fall too far from the tree. And there is a major influence that your parents have in your upbringing and the way you see the world. Uh, with that, do you feel that you've impacted any others' lives? Who have you felt the most engaged when you're going through your journey? That's a hard question. Um, so I think my little brother, I have, he just leans on me. So that's a nice person. But honestly, the people that I've started to coach um, have, I've had that bond with because before I was doing coaching like oh it's just training it's whatever and now that I've like studied and gotten become a certified coach and actually do the process the way that it's supposed to be done you're just fully there for the other person and when they have those aha moments they feel they've created something in their brain but because you were there for it, there's an instant connection. So they connect you to their success, even though the work was all them, you were just there to facilitate and ask them questions, right, to guide. Um, so I've had a couple of people that I work with on board that I've coached um, and a couple of my friends who I've actually coached um, and some of my, I'm gonna start actually with my dad coaching him next week. So, which is kind of reverse and cool. But yeah, those are my closest connections with the people that like saw an impact in just asking questions. 
as you know, I, I coach entrepreneurs and help them be successful and pursue their goals. I don't, I absolutely agree. And I think one of the things you'll find is as that relationship develops and grows, uh, you'll be rooting for them as they continue to grow and make those changes in their life. And it, it, there's something magical about them reaching success and being able to be there and know that you had one small part of it, even if it was just a couple of nuggets of wisdom. Are there any resources you lean on, any books that you care about when you're talking about actually executing? You mentioned you do a lot of research. Where do you look for that? Yeah, so I read. Um, I just read a lot. Um, right now I'm reading this book called Power, which actually I have it in front of me. So it's by Jeffrey Pfeiffer, um, because I just assumed this new role. Um, so it's going to be a power struggle moving forward. So it's really impactful right now. Um, the next book on my list to read is How We Learn by Benedict Carey. Um, it's, he kind of takes learning and development and flips it on its head because he uses research. So um, a couple of things, uh, Freakonomics podcast is one of my favorites. It just, whatever they talk about, there's usually a book or two that you can go read and like figure it out if it strikes a card with you. So that's where I get a lot of my books. And then um, University of Pennsylvania, they have a behavior change for good program. And actually during COVID, they started a webinar series. Uh, anyone can attend, but it's researchers from all over. And what they're doing is how do we get people to change and be better. And so a lot of their books, uh, Katie Milkman wrote a book that I'm reading, uh, Angela Duckworth, who wrote Grit. Uh, she's one of the like hosts for it. So those, those are my two main ones. I'll, I'll be sure to add that in the show notes. That's a phenomenal resource as well. I think one that might be of interest to you, you, for you is Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah. Yes. Those are kind of the classical uh, individuals of power struggles within organizations. Mm -hmm. Another one of my favorites is Who, if you haven't watched that, read that. Uh, and I'll put the name of the author, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but there are a couple really powerful ones. And then one really strong, one powerful one for founders is Founders Dilemma, which goes through case studies of different people, uh, formations of, you know, co 50-50 splits or quarter and where they found those other uh, partners to work with. Yeah. As you look uh, to the future, what do you see next? Where are you headed? Yeah, so I kind of have a couple options. Um, so MSC is cool. I love them. Um, I really, I struggled when I graduated. I changed courses a bunch. Um, and it was honestly, I would get into a job and I would be six months in and I would get bored. Um, MST doesn't for me. <laughs> you know, there's a lot to do and it's challenging and it's fun. Um, so there's growth there and to do training and development, but to continue to do coaching. So uh, I just got um, certified with the International Coaching Federation. Um, I'm working on my next certification level with them and that's where I shine. And so I need to pursue it because 
I can leave a training and it's like fun, whatever, and I'm good at it and I enjoy it. When I leave a coaching session and it's an hour of just being there for another person, it's like my heart soars. So um, finding more coaching clients and pursuing that on a higher level in an executive field um, is a potential as well. If I could do that with an MSC, that would be great, but if not, I'm actually still taking clients outside of MSC right now. So that's that's where I'll end up is coaching more. That's a great and very rewardable career. What are some of the common reasons that you see people dealing with as you're coaching? Or commonalities and reasons for difficulty, challenges along those lines? Yeah, so why I like coaching is that it's super individual. It's super individual. Everyone has something that's blocking them or they have a hurdle that they just can't overcome or whatever it is. There's, there's a, can be a million different things. Like I know uh, at high levels in C-suites, they will focus on one thing for a year. They're like, this year, I want to be a better listener. And they'll focus on every week for a year, which is crazy. And, but when there's smaller things, um, you can have those light bulb moments quicker but everyone's individual and everyone's different. And I don't, I think everyone struggles with themselves and their own identity and how they're perceived and how they think they're perceived versus how they actually are and things like that. But I also just, I think it's individual. I think coaching school because it's, everyone has their own thing that they want to work on and it doesn't matter what you come to me with, we can still work through it because I'm not, doing the work and just asking me the right questions. Absolutely. Well, as you think back on your own journey, is there something or some things that you would tell yourself when you were starting out that you know now? Um, I don't know. I liked, my career path is really weird. Like my first job out of school was on a ship. My second job was in the Maldives. Like, I just sort of jumped when the opportunity was there and I shook the right people's hands and I shook them firmly so they remembered me. And I don't think that there's any advice that I would give myself going back because the mistakes that I made is what made me grow in the way that I grew. So maybe listen more because I'm stubborn as freaking all getting out uh and I think I'm right but it's also a double-edged sword because most of the time I am right so that it just reinforces it <laughs> but Absolutely. to listen I, I think that's a, a skill that everyone learns over time I think there's very few people that come out ready to listen because we're all forging our own path so we're focused on what we're doing uh, and I think that you'll see that most people over time find that they can't achieve everything they want by themselves and listening becomes a big part of building that team. How have you built your tribe or the people around you over time? What does that look like for you and how has it impacted your journey? Yeah. So my time is weird. I'm, I'm not someone who has like a lot of friends all of like, I don't have big groups, which is great for COVID because I only have my couple of friends here, my one friend's here. Um, but I, I never had that. I find 
people that I connect with and I connect with them really strongly. Um, so actually when I was in Tampa, when we were hanging out, that was the most networking I was doing. And I was doing a lot and it was kind of exhausting. It was good for me because I needed to do it. I needed to meet those people. And actually some of those people I'm coaching now, um, but, but it was exhausting to do that for me. Um, so, but when I find people that I click with, I keep them. I'm like, no, like you're in my back pocket. You're staying with me regardless. Um, and so they just stay. And I'm like, it's hard when I move. I move frequently. Um, Fort Lauderdale is the first place I've renewed a lease in 10 years. <laughs> so, which is crazy. But yeah, I think I keep the people that I connect with, but it's not always people that are very similar to me. And I think that's what some people do is they gather from people that are similar to them. I want to gather from someone who challenges me um, to be stronger. And I think you see a lot of successful people will do that. They don't want people that are the same mind as them. They want that diversity and their close people that they care about. They want that challenge. I don't want you to tell me what I uh, repeat back what I said, but I want you to actually engage and, and be a part of that conversation. Well, Anne, I, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to be a part of this conversation. Are there any last thoughts that you might have for the audience? Um, no, I mean, if you guys are out there trying to pursue something, find the right options, but also like find the right people, connect, do the exhausting networking because you need to. But when you find something that works, like be okay to go in that direction too. Like, MSC is not what I plan. I plan to have my own company for the rest of my life. And I'll still do that on the side and I'm still coaching on the side. Um, so, but go in a direction that works for you. And when it seems right, it probably is. So trust your gut. Incredible story. Thank you. You've been listening to the Startup Santa Show, part of our 2020 Hindsight series, where we've been talking to entrepreneurs and those who have pursued their passion. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show today. We truly appreciate your support and hope you stay safe in these crazy times around the world. 